So the kids in youth group um, tell me that this isn't cool anymore, but I am still on Facebook. And when I saw the text for this week, I posted a message asking my non-Christian friends what word or phrase they would use to describe how they see the Christian church today. I was sort of overwhelmed by the response. Not all of the comments were negative, but many were. Here are a few of the words and phrases that people chose. Pious, lacking in basic critical thinking, in its own bubble, hypocritical, that one came up a lot, self-absorbed, self-righteous, that one came up a lot too, 40 years behind the times, unresponsive. My brother just posted a picture of a recently disgraced televangelist giving a thumbs up. And the worst, I think, was a college friend who described the church as sweet and well-intentioned. And before we dismiss these comments as coming from people who have an ax to grind, they don't all come from that guy that I went to high school with who became a militant atheist. Many of the comments were from friends and family who've been incredibly supportive of my ministry, of the parishes I've served. Some were from people who are very involved in churches themselves. And I'm afraid that they might offer a pretty good picture of how people view the church from the outside. And this made me incredibly sad because I think what we have here together is amazing. We have the, the teachings of Jesus that are inspiring and challenging and world-changing. We have the chance to encounter Christ, to really encounter Christ in the bread and in the wine. We're a community that cares for one another in good times and in bad, and I see people go out from this place to visit people who are sick, who are shut in, to serve alongside the poor. Together, this is, we have something special. Church is something that can be beautiful and transformative. How is it then that the people looking from the outside don't get to see that beauty that I see, the beauty that I hope you see and experience too? How is it that they see the church as irre irrelevant to their lives, as judgmental or hypocritical? Now, some of that's the media, a story about some conservative politician who gets caught with a mistress will get a lot more clicks than one about a rural Episcopal church that invites in refugees. But some of it's us. In our reading from the Gospel of Matthew today, Jesus describes God as the landlord of a vineyard. The landlord chooses the perfect spot for a vineyard. He prepares the soil, carefully plants the vines and tends them, cares for them. He builds a fence and a watchtower to protect the vineyard. And in eager anticipation of the harvest, he builds a wine press to crush the grapes. And then God gives this well-loved, well-tended vineyard over to us as tenants. And our job is to tend the vineyard just as carefully, to make it bear fruit, and then to give that fruit over to the landlord, to give that fruit back to God. But the tenants in the story 
don't want to give the fruit back to the landlord. They want to keep it for themselves. They want to hold on to the harvest. In the same way, we have been given a community, a community that God loves, that God's carefully planted and tended and nurtured. We've been given this space, the amazing people that fill it. And our job is to tend to these gifts, to care for them, to make them grow. And to do that, not so that we can drink the good wine ourselves, but so that it can be offered up to God for the benefit of others outside the vineyard. That's where the tenants fail in this story. They won't give their harvest to the rightful owners. They don't recognize that the vineyard exists not for its own sake, but for the sake of those outside its walls. When the church forgets that, when the church tries to exist for itself, tries to sort of hoard what it has and not give it away, we become the kind of church that people described on Facebook. Self-absorbed, sort of suspicious of outsiders, isolated, self-righteous, judgmental. So the question is, how do we at St. John's tend what we've, given as a, what we've been given as a church, our vineyard, our community, so that we can grow a harvest that benefits the people outside our walls? Because that's what we're here for. We're here for one another, yes, but also for the world outside this building. So we don't control what people think about Christianity. People have been trying to make Christianity cool for a really long time. I don't think it's ever going to work. But I do wonder what it would take, what all of us could do individually and together to change this community's perception of the church just a couple of degrees. What would it take for the church to be known as dedicated to serving our wider community, to be known as radically loving, giving, caring, as people who give the harvest away. I wonder if a piece of it is just speaking up. The loudest Christian voices that exist in our world today are not talking about the transformative love of Jesus. Instead, they're preaching a perversion of the gospel that's rigid, judgmental, sometimes wealth-obsessed, hypocritical. People hear that and they think that's what Christianity is. And you might be the only way that someone can hear an alternative to that. You might be the only Christian who's practicing that someone knows. The only chance they have to hear an alternative view. That doesn't mean you have to give them a theology lecture or bang them over the head with the Bible. Sometimes all it takes is just saying, you know, I'm a Christian and that's not what I believe. Or it doesn't have to be like that. I believe God is love. Sometimes that's all it takes. Sometimes I think what we need to do to sort of change that perception of the church just a tiny bit is risking vulnerability. I think sometimes part of the problem about the perception of the church is that somehow we've managed to give people the impression that Christianity is about being perfect and judging people that are not. The most powerful witness to Christianity sometimes is our imperfection, our ability to say, 
I don't have it all together, and it's, it's okay if you don't either. I think that in their heart of hearts, a lot of people are dying to hear that they don't have to have their lives figured out for God to love them. Maybe in some small way, you can be the person who shows them that. Maybe part of changing that perception, too, is knowing when to be silent, when to let our actions speak. We're a vineyard, and we're one that exists not for ourselves, but to share our harvest with those outside the walls. Because of that, we're called to tend the vineyard. That's what our capital campaign is about. It's not about serving just the people in this room. It's about the things that form us as a community, this beautiful building, this space that we're in that molds us into people who can go out and serve powerfully. It's a reminder that we exist not for ourselves, but to share the harvest. We're tending the vineyard so that we can tend those outside the walls. And so we are called to give generously to this church and to those in need in our community. We're invited to let our actions speak by being out there serving alongside the poor in our community, by being people who listen, who care, who advocate for others. That's a language that people can understand. I think the most powerful sort of counterforce to the perception of the church as judgmental and isolated and uncaring is your witness as people who are loving and caring and connected to God and to others. Our call is to be known for that, to be known for our love. As the old saying goes, the church is an institution that should exist for the good of those who are not members. Let's do all we can to become the kind of Christians who live for the good of our wider world. Amen. Amen.